Hello, hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? I already feel the distance between us and I'm not okay with it. I know. I'm so sad. At least it's like somewhat smaller because you're still in Massachusetts. So. Yes, facts. No no time difference yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to have to like figure out scheduling <laughs> when we're dealing with a five hour time difference. Same. So fun. Um, it's currently one o'clock in Scotland, so I don't think this this time will work for me. Oh, AM. I was like, AM, and then I realized I'm not yeah. smart. <laughs> Where life is good, we're doing well. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm kind of excited about this week, and I'm excited to share it with you because it's not it's not as traumatizing. Oh, perfect. It's only slightly traumatizing. <laughs> nice. Okay, um, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Matt. And welcome to Grimm. Okay, so today we're talking about a place called the Cuban Club. And I feel like I've heard of this. I feel like you probably would have too. It's super haunted. Where is it? In Florida. Huh. Yeah, it's Maybe. in um Tampa. Alright. Maybe I have. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing that I like kind of figured is like when I was doing research and stuff about this place, is that when I think about like Tampa right now, I I don't know, it's it's like a it's like a really big city, you know what I mean? Like I think of, like, people and, like, a large, like, metropolitan area kind of place. Mm-hmm. So I feel like imagining what it was before was, like, I don't know. I feel like it's, like, different, like, kind of hard. Yeah. Um, but everything that I, like, read about it was that a long time ago when it was first established, it was, like, kind of like a humble village, like, quote-unquote oh. humble village. And it was more or less isolated from the rest of Florida. Okay. And, um... I guess because of that fact, like, it had a pretty bad economy, like, in general, like, Tampa as a whole. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, like, I'm not exactly sure how economies work because I'm a STEM major. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it kind of makes sense, you know, that they'd have a bad economy if they were, like, isolated from the rest of the state and everything. Yeah. Um, And, like, as as you probably know, it has changed given what Tampa is today. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, but one neighborhood within Tampa has not only changed in like the ter- in terms of like the story of Tampa but it everything that I've like kind of read about it is that like people say that it kind of like stood against the test of time hmm. and still remains like what they call a vibrant and unique gem within the city I kind of love that I do too it's kind of yeah it's like I, I really like that <laughs> like, yeah yeah history you know <laughs> um so, I, I want to say it's called Ybor City. It's spelled Y-B-O-R, and Google said it was Ybor, so that's Sounds what right. I'm going with. Yeah. Um, but it's, this is the neighborhood that I'm talking about, and it's, like, full of historical buildings and culture and even some ghosts. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, so even if you've been, like, a longtime resident of Tampa or, like, you're planning or even if you're, like, planning to go visit the area, I feel like not a lot of people know about Ybor City and, like, the area because it has a very different vibe to the rest of Tampa, which 
I feel like a lot of this just like makes sense to me because it's like section of Tampa so mm-hmm. it makes sense that it's like like historical part of it you know like it has like a different vibe it's not as like met- like metropolized mm-hmm. is that a word you know <laughs> yeah yeah um, so. yeah so it's uh like northeast of downtown and the area because it was built and entire and like almost entirely populated by immigrants from um, Cuban, Spanish, and Italian descent. Okay. So it's very, like, the architecture and everything is very, like, heavily based upon the styles of architecture in the time. The Cuban club is making a lot of sense, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does make sense. Um, Yeah, so Ybor City was actually one of the, like, premier neighborhoods in the Tampa area. And you know how I mentioned earlier that, like, Tampa was, like, isolated from the rest of the area? Mm -hmm. Like, from the rest of Florida? I don't think this technically applies to Ybor City um, because it was founded in the 1880s and the city was like pretty prosperous throughout the next 50 years until like the Great Depression hit, Mm. um, which also makes sense because I feel like the Great Depression hit everywhere. Yeah, it it really messed a lot up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Ybor City was founded by Vincente Martinez Ybor who bought this parcel of land from Tampa in order to build a cigar factory. Um, so right. when he... Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of fancy. Yeah. Um, when, so when he first started the, like, his factory and everything, his like, goal was to make hand-rolled fine cigars. And that kind of became the primary industry of Ybor City. Um, it, I think like at its peak um, in 1929, it they made like 500 million cigars. Wow. Yeah, and like right before the depression was when this happened, you know, 1929. Mm-hmm. So like it was like at its highest. It was they were thriving, mm-hmm. selling lots of cigars. Then the then the depression hit. Yeah, and then the demand for cigars decreased dramatically because I suppose when everyone's trying to live. <laughs> Yeah. Cigars are the last thing on people's minds. Not quite a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when he kind of established this neighborhood, Ybor built a ton of, like, small houses so that, like, the the main, like, idea was to have people just come and live there and then, like, work in the cigar factory. So it was, like, kind of the town's vibe was, like, you come to the town for the cigar factory. Oh, okay. Um, and I guess that was because... Cigar rolling is, like, a super specialized trade. Oh. Yeah. So, and then it attracted people of, like, Cuban, Spanish, and Italian descent. So the neighborhood was culturally diverse with lots of different types of architecture because of these different people coming into this neighborhood, which, like, and they were all participating in this very specialized trade. So, honestly, I kind of feel like it would be a nice place to live. I mean, like... Obviously, I don't know much about anything else that was going on at the time, but from what I know about it, it seems kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, this being built in the late 1800s, time has destroyed some of the original structures, um, but Ybor City is actually designated as a National Historic Landmark District, mm. which is pretty cool that they like want it to be known as what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess in summary of Ybor City, I would like to say that it has changed a little bit because time changes everything. 
but I feel like it's definitely a place that you should go visit if you're ever in Tampa. Um, okay, so one aspect that made Ybor City at the time super unique was the fact that they had a lot of like mutual aid societies and clubs that were established. Um, and by that, I mean that usually for, I think it was like around 5% of um, like a paycheck, you paid that to a club and then you belonged to that club. And then like, they, you were basically like built and like supported by all the, the members of that club. Kind of like, I want to say like a sorority. Yeah, it does kind of sound like that. Yeah, because like, it seems like you'd need that support if you're if you want, like, that sense of community and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, each club was built, and, like, members of those clubs and, like, the families of those members um, could go to those clubs, and there were things there such as, like, like they had libraries and sports teams and, like, classes, like, educational classes. Um, they also had, like, social events and parties and stuff. So, like, each each club kind of had a place for its members to meet, like, socially and, like, gather and spend time together, which kind of makes sense as like a, a place of community mm-hmm. um but with everything happening at the time it does also make sense that um like the clubs were ethnically divided oh um, okay so you'd have like I, I know the same kind of thing was happening in like massachusetts where they had like different neighborhoods like yeah it just like so happened that you gather with people you're comfortable with yeah and there were a lot of racial tensions as well yeah i mean yeah Oh, that, yeah, especially in Massachusetts. I'm not sure how bad it was here because, like, they were all immigrants. Oh, that's true. Um, But I know that there was, like, an ethnic divide. Okay. Um, So the Cuban club was kind of built as a club designated for Cubans in Ybor City. Um, Shocking, I know. Very. (laughs) Yeah. So the building that is known as the Cuban club today was originally built in 1917. And then there was, like, a huge fire that happened, and the place, like, burnt down, and then they had to rebuild the entire club. Oh, no. Um, and it has been on the National Register of Historic Places since 1972. So it is, like, a historically preserved building, I want to say. All right. And it definitely looks like it would have been beautiful. It had, a, like, a large ballroom space and, like, this big theater and then I know that at one point they also had, like, a bowling alley and a spa oh. and a restaurant and, like, a swimming pool. All right. And, like, other social events. Like, <laughs> it just seems very fancy. That does sound very fancy. Yeah, like, I low-key kind of want to, like, I want to go. <laughs> um, and I also know that there was, like, at one point, like, there was even, like, a medical clinic on site. Um, wow. Yeah, so, like, they had everything. It yeah. seems like... If I was living in Ybor City, I would definitely want to have been a part of the Cuban club. <laughs> um, I think today, after, you know, like, time and everything has gone by, um, it is, I know that you can rent it out for private functions, or you could rent it out for private functions before COVID. Oh, okay. Um, it's, like, technically a multi-use rental facility. And it's also one of the locations for the many haunted ghost tours that go through the city. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Cuban Club was, when it was rebuilt, it, was, it has, um, it's a four-story yellow brick structure. 
and it definitely was designed with like neoclassical design elements because like of the people who were gonna occupy it and everything and um I think definitely I would consider it like and a lot of the sources that I read consider it like a beacon of history Mm -hmm. um and definitely an example of how like neighborhoods can prosper in difficult situations you know um like it was it was just one of those places where a lot of people had gathered and had shared memories over the last like what a hundred or so years yeah Um, and you know because of because of that because like it is a place where there are a lot of people who shared memories you probably can imagine that there would be some attachment to that place even after people passed away um yeah, so Joe Howden of the Ebor City Ghost Tours basically explained that like some spirits have an attachment to the place and that's why they like to stick around, is that they just like the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, quote, What you really are is energy sewn together by consciousness. You come from somewhere. We'll say another dimension for ease. You come here, you pick up a body like a Hertz rent-a-car, You use it for a period of time, and then you return, discarding the automobile that you were in. There are some who can't transition, and if you think about it in your life, you've probably known someone who's in a toxic relationship. From the outside, you say, well, why doesn't he leave her, or why doesn't she leave him? Attachment. End quote. Um, Howden basically believes that there are a few people who can't let go. They don't want to stop renting the car. Um, I kind of like that analogy I thought that was so funny when I read it I literally I don't know what kind of mood I was in but I laughed (laughs) for like a solid five minutes it is funny (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah according to Howden the Cuban club was super easy to get attached to Um, he said quote the Cuban club is such a great place because I think there's a lot of attachment here that might be out of love end quote I mean yeah if you like doing everything there kind of you know yeah. I feel like there's definitely definitely like a reason to get attached and probably have a lot of friends and stuff that you hung out with there I don't know for sure yeah I definitely see it yeah like it was if it was like it seemed like it was like a pillar of the community mm-hmm. like in terms of a space where like people could just gather and like it seemed like they had everything mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people would have spent a lot of time there mm-hmm. so I totally understand that like a spirit would love it you know and they wouldn't want to leave yeah. Um, all right. Now to talk about a little bit uh, about the actual spirits there. Um, so if you remember from before, the Cuban Club had this like big theater that they did, and they like had it's a theater. They had like plays and stuff there. Um, but I guess one of the actors who was working there at the time in the 1920s kind of became disillusioned with oh, no. their career over time. Oh no. And kind of took his his feelings to a little bit of a new extreme. And there was one incident reported that he like forgot his lines and it hit him so hard. He was like so not okay in that moment that he actually ended up committing suicide in the Cuban Club theater. Oh my god. Wait, like during the play? It's actually there it's up for debate whether there was an audience present or not. Okay. But what is known and kind of reported multiple times is that this actor has stayed at the Cuban Club. 
in the theater. Um, yeah. So I guess there's like a thing in theater spaces, like across the world even, to leave a ghost light on when the theater would like be completely dark otherwise. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So I guess it's like a tradition to like have like just like a light bulb um, stand in like the center stage and they say that it's primarily for safety you know like if someone is like to come into the theater and it's dark out um yeah, so you like you have like a light yeah you don't want them like falling off the stage or anything yeah but <laughs> a lot of people call it a ghost light because they say that spirits have used these lights to like communicate to the living and like say like basically like have their presence be known i think that's more fun i kind of i kind of like that i'm not yeah. gonna lie <laughs> um yeah so like, for example, this definitely would have haunted the space where, like, he forgot that, you know, the show must go on and everything. Um, but this situation in particular, the one that happened at the Cuban Club, what makes it kind of worse is that, according to the legend, he was also the playwright. So he really just had a lot going and had a lot to haunt. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it makes sense that the theater is probably one of the most haunted spaces at the club. Yeah. Because definitely there have been a lot of individuals who've spent time there over the last hundred years. There have been individuals who've been very attached to the theater. Like, I definitely know the feeling of being attached to a theater. So it doesn't matter, I guess, if you died there. I guess the attachment is what matters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so a lot of people have reported like the ghost light and everything when it's on and stuff. They'll like see it flickering and everything, you know? Oh. So we'll see. Um, so that was one of the stories at the Cuban Club. Um, I think one of the saddest stories there oh, no. is the story about little Jimmy. Oh, um, no, was this a kid? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a space in the Cuban Club. Um, called the Cantina, which is like a really big entertainment space. It was used for large events and parties and everything. But years ago, before like time renovations, everything happened, the Cantina was um, actually where the swimming pool was located. Oh no. And Wait, was this on Ghost Adventures by any chance? I think it was. Okay, I think, I think they did a story. <laughs> that would make sense, yeah. It sounded very like- familiar. Yeah, I feel like Ghost Adventures does, like, very haunted places, and this place is very haunted, so. Love me yeah. a good, love me a good Ghost Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, but history kind of just said that Jimmy was, like, either eight or nine years old. Not exactly certain about his exact age, but um, that part doesn't really, that part really changes. The part that doesn't really change is that there was... According to the records, he went swimming in the pool when it was, like, unattended. And unfortunately, he did drown. Um, the death was accidental, but Jimmy just never left the Cuban club. Um, and from everything that I've read about the spirit is that, like, he seems, like, kind of happy almost. They describe him as, like, a playful spirit who has communicated with a guest on like if they have flashlights and everything mm-hmm. um like he'll turn the flashlights on and off and people on the ghost tours are warned that like when you're on and off like don't be scared it's just 
how Jimmy says hi. Oh, um, that's actually kind of cute. It is kind of cute. Um, and then people have also reported seeing like his face peeking out of the upstairs windows and like photographs mm-hmm. and stuff. It's a little scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I guess he's just like saying hi. Like, I don't, I don't think he's like ever done anything bad to anyone. That's true. I just don't like a face peering out a window. That's fair. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there are other things that have been attributed to Jimmy as well, because I guess he was a little bit of a prankster. Like, they have seen, like, a lot of people have reported, like, elevators, um, like, switching floors when no one is in them, doors refusing to shut, and people report, like, a youthful energy in these, like, paranormal events. That's kind of um, cute. Yeah, like, I, I don't know, I guess he's just, like, kind of having fun with it, which I think is probably, it, it seems like a decent way to spend yeah. as a ghost, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so a lot of the guests say that the when things like this happen, it doesn't feel sinister at all, and it's, like, a good, like, first ghost encounter, because he's not scary, like, he's just a kid mm-hmm. trying to vibe. Yeah, <laughs> trying to vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um... The other ghosts that are around the Cuban club are never really named. Um, I guess their specific stories are kind of lost to time, but um, their spirits are there and they are picked up a lot of the times with like EMF monitors, like um, what's the one that detects body heat? What's it called? Oh, is it like infrared or something? Thermal? Thermal. Maybe thermal. One of those two. One of those detectors. I feel like both of them are used. I don't know. They're probably all used. <laughs> Let's be real here. Um, yeah. So a lot of people, like mediums, um, like ghost adventures, ghost hunters and stuff, they like to go to the Cuban club because there is there's quite a bit of, of action there. Um, one of the other stories that I did read is that apparently there was like one time where like after an argument, one of the board members shot another member out of anger oh like i guess there was this huge fight and then apparently both of their spirits are at the cuban club um that's a little bit of a sadder way to stay i think it's a lot of regret yeah yeah um but so they're i don't think they were named at all it was just kind of like people in a fight board members in a fight that kind of vibe um People have heard pianos playing themselves with, like, sad music. Um, I don't know. I mean, relatable. Yeah, very relatable. Um, A lot of people also report a woman in a white dress just wandering the halls. I actually don't know anything about her, just that she has been... Like, I saw about her thing in a lot of the articles I read. I don't know her story. It's also relatable, I feel like, you know? Just want to be mysteriously walk in the halls in my nice dress yeah you know i actually i i could i could see that happening to me i would do that too (laughs) um there are yeah other things have been like um hearing voices or whispers that like when no one's speaking um which is slightly creepier you know (laughs) yeah a little bit (laughs) just a little um yeah, so that's all. That's kind of all that I have in like the ghost story department. I think in the 1960s, the Cuban club started to like decline a little bit in terms of membership. Um, it like dropped to an all-time low at that point, and then they made the Cuban Club Foundation in 1992 to kind of like raise funds to like save the building. 
mm-hmm. um, which is now, I want to say, a nonprofit organization as well. Um, oh. But I think it is open definitely for ghost tours and everything. Like, it seems like kind of like a fun place to visit. I feel like it would just be a very nice like historical tour, yeah, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially because there is so much history in the city. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would just be like a nice place to to spend some time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that wasn't too traumatizing. No, not too too bad. <laughs> no. It was, I feel like, I think I say this a lot, but, like, when things happen a long time ago, it feels more, like, isolated. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to talk about. Yeah, you can kind of, like, separate it from... Yeah. Like, it's just a story. Yeah. Which is, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it, but (laughs) it's how my brain is processing things. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, do you have any life updates for us? Um... Well, I do. I actually, well, I'm in an apartment this year, which is, I'm back at school, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so I'm exciting. in an apartment this year. Um, and very funny story, actually. Um, <laughs> so we record like every Sunday. Um, and so I like went out, I took a fat nap this afternoon, went out to get dinner. And I was like, to my roommates, I was like, oh, by the way, like I have to record this thing tonight. If that's okay. Um, and I'm really bad at telling people about things that I do. <laughs> oh so I had not previously told them that I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, yeah, they're, they're a little mad at me for not telling them. Oh, you they're know like, what? Shout out to Maddie's roommates if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, they, they, um, I told them that they had to put headphones in while I was recording so they couldn't hear. And, um, <laughs> they are now listening, so, to our old episodes. So. <laughs> oh, fun. Fun. Okay. Yeah. And they, yeah, they followed us on Instagram, which is very nice. That's so cute. So, oh yeah. my god. Honestly, shout out to them. They're the best. Sorry, I'm bad at telling people things. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get easier, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a funny little happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good life update. It kind of fits with the vibe of today. Yeah. Like, yeah. like upbeat, playhearted. Yeah. I liked it. Perfect. You got any life updates? <laughs> um, yeah, I had some family over. Um, oh, right. It was one of the seven million Indian holidays that happened. <laughs> oh, what holiday was it? This one was Raksha Bandhan. So basically, it's like, I want to say, I don't exactly know how to describe it, but you basically, it's like a, a tradition between like a brother and a sister where you do this oh. little like ritual thing, tie a little rocky on them, and then you get presents. It's really I think fun. I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, I probably mention it a lot because it's one of my favorites because I get things. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound fun. Yeah, it's nice. It's very nice. Um, but yeah, that, that was my left update. They left today. Um, and the house is finally quiet. And I'm nice. not going to lie, it's very nice. I was going to say finally some, some peace and quiet. <laughs> but also our AC is still broken. So no. I don't know how my cousins were doing in our basement. I thought you got like, it fixed. Just the upstairs is fixed. So my oh, room is totally right. fine. But the downstairs oh, no. is like still hot. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, it's okay. They survived. They're okay. No heat stroke. <laughs> it's fine. They struggled through. Yeah, they made it though. It's okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it from me. Do you have anything nice. else you want to share? I do not. 
Right. Do you want to spiel us out? I can. So you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can follow us, like our photos, DM us, and from our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered or stories you want us to cover or life updates of your own. Um, we also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and, and we will see you guys next week. Actually, I did just remember something. Um, oh. Well, I was having to explain to my friends about the podcast because I hadn't explained to them for the past two years. Um, they went to look at it, and apparently this is our 100th episode, I think. Is it actually? I think it is. Oh my god. So, happy 100th episode. I completely forgot until now, I think. I'll check afterwards and make sure. If not, cut this out then. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm sure it's close to 100 anyway, because 52 weeks, mm. and we're almost at, I think we might be at like 90-something, because I know that our first episode was in October. Oh. Like two yeah, years true. ago. True, true. Yeah. But we're coming up. It'll yeah. be there. All right. Well, excited. yeah. Other than that, stay safe and stay healthy. Yeah, and we will see you guys next week for some yes. for me traumatizing Maddie some more. For murder. You're welcome. <laughs> you are so very welcome. All right. Well, yeah. bye. Bye.